The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. For boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. We're also brought to you by the SGPN World Cup Free Roll. $250 in cash and a $250 gift card to the winner. Aired today exclusively on the SGPN app. I'm just about that action, boss. Welcome, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, uh, early afternoon here to discuss the afternoon games for NFL Week 11, already Week 11. I feel like we say that same thing every single week, already Week 9, already Week 10. It is Week 11 here, and joining me to break down the four games in the afternoon for NFL Week 11, including the Sunday night football game. You guys know him on the voice of the NBA Gambling Podcast, the Tennis Gambling Podcast, as well on the Fantasy Football Podcast, and of course here on the NFL Gambling Podcast. The man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN, it's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, how are you feeling today, my man? Yeah, doing pretty well. Looking forward to getting into some of these uh, Sunday games. Uh, should be a lot of fun. But I know the NFL was pretty decent for me last week, from what I remember. I know I swept the total show. I think I went 0 for on this show, so I guess it broke even in the end. But either way, yeah, looking forward to week 11. Let's make some money. Yeah, some pretty good matchups here, uh, at least in the afternoon for uh, week 11. Um, You know, we got a good Sunday night football game. Chargers are there again. Uh, the Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, sorry, the Chargers will be playing that Sunday night game. A um, couple of divisional matchups as well for the afternoon games. Um, so why don't we just get right into it, uh, Scott? First game, it's game of the year, Scott. Hold yourself for this one, all right? It's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders headed to the Mile High City to take on the Denver Broncos. Uh, this line currently over on win bet is sitting at, let's see here. Um, the Broncos are a three-point home favorite against the Las Vegas Raiders. Total is sitting at 41.5 for this game. Money line, minus 150 for the Denver Broncos and plus 127 for the Las Vegas Raiders. Take a look at the injury report for both of these teams. Uh, Justin Simons is uh, sorry questionable for the Denver Broncos with a knee injury. He was a limited participant in practice on Wednesday. Um, Keldon Hinton... Hinton, I'm sorry, wide receiver, questionable uh, with a shoulder injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Jerry Judy is also questionable uh, for the Denver Broncos. He didn't practice on Wednesday either. Looking at it for the Las Vegas Raiders, a road team here. Uh, Devontae Adams limited in practice on Wednesday. Amir Abdullah was also a non-participant in practice on Wednesday with an illness. And other than that, a pretty clean injury report for the Las Vegas Raiders. Scott, I mean, this Raiders team is, I think they're dead in the mud. I think their season is officially over after what transpired last week as they lost to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, We did see Matt Ryan start that game, Jeff Saturday's first game as a professional NFL head coach. They went into Vegas with all the circumstances and all the things that went on with the Colts. They beat this Raiders team uh, 25-20. to Um, and then for the Denver Broncos, they lost to the Tennessee Titans 17 to 10. It was funny. I saw a note on Twitter that said that if the Denver Broncos had scored at least 18 points in every single one of their games so far, they would be eight and one on the season, but a lot of, uh, question marks for this team on the offensive side, but not the most exciting game here, Scott, but we do have the Denver Broncos as a three point home favorite here. What are you thinking about this game? I think it's very, very tricky because the first meeting was actually high scoring. 
Uh, the first thing was actually the one loss Denver would have had if they scored more than 18 points because they did, and they still lost yeah. the game. But either way, the Raiders are really, really bad. And I know that Davis came out publicly and said that they can't exactly get rid of McDaniels. Then reports came out that they can't afford to get rid of him, so they're kind of stuck with him. So I'm not sure yeah. what the reason is for him staying. But either way, apparently he's here to stay, and I'm sure Raiders fans are miserable about it. But mm-hmm. I do think that this game could really go either way because both teams are really bad. And if you want a tank bowl for coaches, you have McDaniels against Hackett. That's a lot of fun. Looking forward to seeing how that works itself out. (laughs) But for this game, Denver's offense stinks. The Raiders' defense stinks. And Denver's defense is good. The Raiders' defense stinks. So it's pretty tough to call. I guess I'd lean Broncos, but there's no chance I'm going to bet the Broncos as a favorite. That just can't happen. So I'm just not going to put any money on it. I think I'm actually going to lean to the over in this game. Okay. First meeting was a bit high scoring, but I do think that the Raiders have enough weapons to create some big plays against Denver's defense. And Denver, they have some weapons. I'm not sure if the quarterback can throw anymore, but the Raiders' defense is so bad. They made Matt Ryan look good. He had a casual 30-something yard run, which was impressive, by the way. It might be the most athletic thing I've ever seen Matt Ryan do. <laughs> but I am going to go with the over. I'm going to lean that way. I'm not betting anything in this game. If you do, from a side or a total perspective, I hope you either have inside information or they have good donuts at the meeting because you probably have to go to one. But either way, I'm going to go with the uh, I'm going to go with the over in this one. I just think that from what I saw in the first meeting and from what I've seen with the Raiders, they can't stop anybody. And I do think yeah. the Raiders' offense is good enough to create some big plays. It's a low total. Give me some type of 23-20 game. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't bet this game either. If, I mean, if you put a gun to my head and made me pick, I would probably go with the Denver Broncos in this game. Um, again, you mentioned like their defense has been one of the best in the entire National Football League so far this season. They just haven't. I mean, we've seen it throughout the season. This offense has just been a joke of a of of the of what's been happening with this team, especially with the talent that they did have, especially to start the season. I know there was a lot of hype with Russell Wilson coming over to the Denver Broncos and, you know, taking them to the next level, but it's been really Nathaniel Hackett, their head coach that doesn't seem to know what he's doing half of the time um, in these games for the Denver Broncos. But it's crazy to think that, you know, what I mentioned with, they have scored 18 or more points. They'd be sitting at eight and one. And like you mentioned there, that their one loss was against this uh, Raiders team. Uh, in that game, yeah, I'm kind of just going looking back at that game. Russell Wilson had a pretty good game in, uh, against the Raiders earlier this year 17 of 25, 237 yards, two touchdowns. It wasn't a um, dumb, but still, you know, yeah. Um, not sure if the weather is going to be a factor here in Denver, but um, I, if I had to go with a side here, it would be the Denver Broncos. Definitely not going to be playing this game. I mean, these are just two teams just headed in the wrong direction. A lot more question marks for both of these two teams than answers right now. So I would lean with the Denver Broncos here minus the three. Uh, as far as the total, yeah, I think there's a possibility that they this can get over the total, which is currently sitting at a 41 and a half. I mean, you mentioned it. Even though it was in a dome, they did end up scoring 55 points in that game. Um, uh, the Colts went in there, scored, what, 25 last week with Matt Ryan as a quarterback. Uh, so I think that both teams could make plays here to get over this number where it is a low total at 41 and a half, like you mentioned. So maybe in the rim of a 20, maybe like 23, 20, 20. That's what I, that's score 20. I said. I said 23, 20. Something yeah, 24, like that. 20, something like that. Yeah, so I think it could get over the total. Uh, are you messing with any part props in this game, uh, Scott, or should we just move on to the next game of the night? The only props I'd be tempted by is longest field goal in this game. You have Carlson and McManus going at it, and it's in altitude, and there's really not much of a serious wind factor here. So I do think it should be pretty decent uh, kicking conditions. But you're assuming it's going to be somewhere around 46 47.5. Probably juiced because it's in altitude. Mm -hmm. McManus is a huge leg. Maybe not good yeah. enough from 60 in Seattle, but still good enough to hit it from 50-plus. And Carlson's made what? About 100 field goals in a row? About Something around that number, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think the actual number is like 49. Like, he's just money in the bank. He's the best. I'd say he's arguably the most consistent player on the team. But yeah. I'm going to go with the over for longest field goal. We know both offenses can move it, but they occasionally struggle in the red zone or in plus territory. And they're going to attempt a lot of long kicks here. At least I could see it. So yeah. I do think if both kickers can reach – from probably north of 58 in altitude, 
Mm-hmm. I'll take longest field goal over. Okay. Yeah, I don't hate that, especially in altitude. We've seen McManus do it constantly at home games or in home games in Denver with altitude. And like you mentioned, Dylan Carlson has just been just a monster for Carlson uh, is so damn good. Yeah. For, uh, for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders as just being one of the more consistent uh, kickers in the entire national football league. Um, all right, let's get over to the next game of the uh, afternoon schedule here in NFL week 11. Let's go over to maybe the matchup of the week. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys in Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings. Currently, Dallas sitting at six and three. Minnesota with a big, big victory last week in Buffalo. They are eight and one, and in the in the driver's seat uh, for that NFC North division. Looking it at should, the line, it should be over. You said driver's seat. It, yeah, I don't think there's anybody else on the track right now. Nah, yeah. Um, so it would take a monumental, I mean, a monumental collapse for them to lose this division lead uh, in the NFC North, but. I'm currently seeing the Vikings over on win bet as a slight home underdog here, Scott, plus one and a half for the Minnesota Vikings. Total is sitting at 48 in this game. Uh, money line minus 125 for the Dallas Cowboys and plus 105 for the uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, to start here with the road team, the Dallas Cowboys. Demarcus Lawrence is questionable. He did not participate in the Cowboys uh, practice on Wednesday due to a foot injury. Ezekiel Elliott also was a limited participant on Wednesday uh, with a knee issue. He is officially questionable. Anthony Barr, linebacker, is also questionable for the Dallas Cowboys. Anthony Brown, cornerback, sustained a concussion in last week's game against the Packers. He didn't return to that game, uh, so he will definitely be in concussion protocol. Looking at the Minnesota Vikings here, um, not a lot of names on this injury report uh, for them. I know Zadarius Smith last week, he's dealing with a knee uh, knee contusion following the victory against the Buffalo Bills last week. Justin Jefferson is questionable, but I believe he will be a go in this game. Was an absolute monster last week. Uh, Is his his back sore from carrying the team? It's probably that's what it was. It okay. says a toe injury officially on their report, but they should probably be yeah, put back. But look, last week, Scott, this was maybe the game of the year for sure. Or not maybe, but probably was, is the game of the year between the Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings. Buffalo Bills coughed it up in their own end zone. Josh Allen fumbled it, recovered in the end zone, uh, went into overtime, and eventually Patrick, uh, they drove down the field, got a field goal to the Minnesota Vikings, and Patrick Peterson was able to pick off Josh Allen uh, to seal the victory for the Minnesota Vikings. Meanwhile, the Dallas Cowboys coughed up a two-touchdown lead against the Green Bay Packers. That game also went into overtime for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. They dropped that game to the Green Bay Packers. 31 to 28. And now both teams coming off of overtime games meeting up in Minnesota here uh, with Minnesota as a plus one and a half home underdog in this game. Scott, what are you thinking about the spread here? So the spread looks extremely trappy because blindly people are going to end up taking Minnesota because they're eight and one and they are at home and they're off a big win against Buffalo. I'm going to take Dallas in this one. This line does seem extremely trappy and uh, the public will be all over. Minnesota. I have to assume so. So I'll go contrarian in the spot. But Dallas, even though they lost the game against Green Bay, the issue mainly was the fact that they couldn't stop the run. And Cook had a very good game statistically against Buffalo. He really had an awful game with one very good carry. I believe he had a 73-yard touchdown. So that, you, I'm sorry? Uh, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, you did last week, yeah. So I'm saying his overall numbers were terrible. He just had one really good carry, which inflated all of his numbers. But it seems like Minnesota, despite winning the game – could definitely still be getting more from Kirk Cousins. And I do think that he has had moments where he's been clutch, other moments where you kind of want more from him. But I think Dallas ran into a pretty tough spot against Green Bay with the cold and the fact that they have several running backs they can rotate in and out. And I do think that even though Dallas lost the game, they were still up 14 going into the fourth quarter. They choked the game away, but they moved the ball pretty well. Lamb went nuts. Tony Pollard's still really good. I think I'm still going to take Dallas, though, because this line does seem extremely trappy to me. Okay. And I think the Cowboys can move the ball. Minnesota is one of the ultimate statistical paradoxes this season because they're 8-1, and one, but you look at their overall numbers and everything, and they're basically mediocre. So I, I, I think yeah. Dallas is the more talented team. 
Yeah, um, I was just looking at the numbers here, especially uh, for Dallas's past defense, which has been top uh, in the league so far this year, right behind Denver, Philly. Uh, Dallas is actually number three as far as uh, opponent yards per completion. Even uh, their passing defense, uh, opponent passing yards per game, Dallas is number four in that category at hundred. Sorry, 182 per game. But I just feel like this might be an ultimate letdown spot here for the uh, Minnesota Vikings just coming off of a huge, I mean, their biggest victory of the season by far, just what it took for them to get that victory done. And I know that the the Dallas Cowboys are in a very tight NFC East race where, yes, the Eagles lost their first game on Monday Night Football. The Giants are sitting at 7-2. Dallas, I don't think, can afford to lose this game and drop back to six and four uh, in that division, then they'll be obviously fighting for a wild card spot. But I think there's more margin for error, like we talked about for the Minnesota Vikings. But I just feel like this is a good, a not a good, but a big letdown spot for the Minnesota Vikings. And looking at their past defense and just looking at their numbers, Dallas has been pretty good. I think it's probably an advantage for the Dallas Cowboys if Zeke doesn't play in this game because Tony Pollard has just been so good for them. Um, but like you mentioned, I think C.D. Lamb should be able to run wild in that secondary. I don't think Patrick Peterson or any of those guys are going to be able to keep up with um, with C.D. Lamb. And for like the record, Jefferson, Jefferson should still also have a good game. I'm not saying Dallas sure. is going to slow him down too, but yeah, you, you mentioned the some of the numbers involving Dallas, statistically speaking. Minnesota, mm-hmm. I believe, is middle of the road in basically everything, and yet they're eight and one. Yeah, because every game's a one score game, and they've won pretty much every one score game. So. Yeah. I'm expecting a close game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout one way or another. Dallas should be pissed off after blowing that double-digit lead against Green Bay last week. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota, you said it could be a potential hangover. for. I could see that. But I just think that based on the overall talent on each roster, Dallas is the better team. But pricing Dallas as roughly a four-and-a-half-point favorite on a neutral really makes me believe that the oddsmakers are just daring you to take Minnesota. I'm not yeah. going to do it. I'm going to go with Dallas. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Dallas here with you as well. I just, yeah, like I mentioned, I think for Minnesota, it's just a letdown spout. And especially their passing defense has just not been very good this season. Um, Opponent yards per completion, they rank number 24. Opponent yards per, uh, sorry, opponent passing yards per game. I believe they were below 20 as well. Let me just double check that here. Uh, Minnesota, yeah, number 29, actually. They're giving up 263 yards through the air. Uh, so far this season, so I'll go Dallas minus one and a half here as well with you. Thoughts on the total here? Uh, on the total here, Scott at forty-eight. I like the over. I don't yeah. see get uh, either team getting many stops here. I think you're going to end up seeing a spot where both teams should move the ball. It's in a dome, so weather's not a factor. Cook mm-hmm. could have a very good game, or you could end up seeing, uh, of course. Jefferson go nuts and you could see Lamb have a good game or Pollard as well. I just like the weapons for both teams and Dallas yeah. couldn't stop the run all season long. They got exploited last week for it. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a path for both teams to score, but the way that I kind of see it, I just think you're going to see points in this game. This game just screams to me like 28 or maybe 27, 24, something mm-hmm. in the 50s. I'm going with the over. Yeah, Dallas is three and one uh, to the over in road games so far this season. Uh, Minnesota at home, uh, they are three and one as well uh, to the over uh, so far this season. And uh, player props, I know they're not a lot of books have not released them yet, but anything that you may be looking at, I know like CD Lamb should have a big game here. Justin Jefferson, I think those guys will probably shine in this game. But anything in particular you're looking at? I was looking at longest reception. For either guy, probably Jefferson. Uh, I yeah. think that either one is a shot for 100. Jefferson, of course, has a better chance, but his yardage are going to be a lot higher than Williams for the props. Yeah. Uh, maybe Dalvin Cook touchdown, if you want to make okay. a case for Minnesota being able to run the ball pretty well. I'm trying to think of any other props that I like. Uh, if you want to go for a sack prop, maybe Parsons. I, I think he could potentially get after Cousins at least once. I'm not sure what the odds are going to be on that, which is a bit problematic because he's so good that yeah. it might not be worth it based on how how low the odds actually are, which is yeah. a bit of a problem. Do you have any thoughts on Dak interception? Hmm. Uh, or maybe Cousins interception or either or, because I could see I would probably go making Cousins. a stupid pass. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have more faith in Cousins making that stupid pass than uh, Dak, Dak because – 
I, I don't know. I, just, I think this might be the game where like Kirk Cousins kind of like comes back down to earth. And it, it's like he's throwing more interceptions so far this season than he did last year, despite them being eight yeah. and one. And for the um, record, was, was Cousins good last week? I mean, he led them on a no. couple comeback drives, but there was a fourth and 18 miracle Hail Mary one hander, which is a top three catch of all time by Jefferson. And he failed the QB sneak. And they ended up having a fumble recovery touchdown. Like, I didn't think Cousins was good for a decent portion of that game. Now, he led his team down the field, but there were a lot of really fluky plays in that game. And I do think that Cousins might be in line for an implosion. Yeah, it took that miraculous catch by Justin Jefferson for them to, you know, get in the field. And there, I think Adam Thielen. In there as well. You saw the uh, Twitter uh, look like he has the eyes closed and just kind of threw mm-hmm. the ball down the field, hoping uh, somebody would catch it for him. Uh, I think it was the feeling catch, uh, but uh, yeah, 53, but you know, that game, when it's come back, he still options well against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and he got sacked. I do like it. A sack prop that team sack up maybe I think that they should the pressure with Kirk Cousins there his Cooper point five so not much to um, again I think that this week the week where he kind of comes back or we see above you know passes that just are make us scratch our head is what I'm trying to say for this game uh, anything else for this game Scott before we get over to the next one. Uh, for me, no, not really. I, I think it's going to be a spot where I just think it's going to be a nail biter. One bad decision might end up having an issue, but or might result in the game potentially going one way or another. But Dallas being favored does seem extremely, let's just say, trappy, and I'm not going to fall for it. So I'll take Dallas. And plus, Cousins yeah. took some really bad sacks last week. Keep an eye on that, yeah. either in the red zone or in third and long. That's why they were in a fourth and 18 spot in the first place. Cousins yeah. seems like he has virtually no pocket presence at all, and I do think Dallas's defensive line could get after him. He panics. He panics a lot. Yeah. So, so Sharky's asking a question: Is this Vikings team capable of winning of Super Bowl? I think they'll be happy if they win a playoff game. And I'm not okay. trying to sell. I think like they'll be happy winning the division. Yeah, I'm going to say I, I know that this team is right now in possession of, of the 2C in the NFC because Philly owns the tiebreaker. But mm-hmm. the Vikings are one of those classic teams that, the way I look at them, the record is really good, but you watch them play in a game-in, game-out basis, they really leave a lot to be desired. And yeah. I guess this year is not that bad because you really don't have many elite teams in the NFL. I kind of feel the same way about the Eagles. You look yeah. at their schedule and you go, well, I think this team could be better than their overall record suggests. But then again, I do think the NFC is very weak. The AFC should be favored by a ton in the Super Bowl, no matter which team Mm -hmm. comes out of it. But Minnesota, no. You look at their advanced numbers, all the one-score games, they've been very fortunate to win a lot of these one-score games. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win. I'll tell you what, if Minnesota goes one and done, I would not be shocked, and I will probably bet the underdog in their first playoff game. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that they'll be happy winning the division. Honestly, uh, I'm just saying, just like, I don't, after, I don't think Cousins is good enough to win. What, sure, what, he has on the road in the prime winning. time. Yeah. No. Well, they'll they'll be home. Yeah, yeah. For the first for round game. at least, but I don't know if I really care. I, I watch Minnesota play, and they seem like a somewhat above average team that mm. gets a decent amount of breaks in close games. That's really my main view of this team. Do you disagree? You feel the same way? I think that yeah, it's really the, the the narrative with Kirk Cousins, like prime time Kirk Cousins. Like imagine getting to the playoffs. Yeah, they'll get that first home game, um, just because you know their record is probably they'll win this division. We know that, but yeah. if they win that first game, you mentioned it. Yeah, I agree with you that they will probably, if not, I don't care if they're favored or if they're going to be underdogs. I think that you just kind of have to bet against them. Um, just, they might I play Dallas, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Like they might play Dallas in the first round. They might play against uh, maybe Seattle. Tampa, you know? maybe. Tam- I think Tampa's going to win the division. So oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming, Tam- assuming Minnesota's going to get a wild card 
opponent, but right. Yeah, you're right. I, I would maybe pick Minnesota against the Giants question mark, but against Dallas or against Seattle, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to take Dallas or Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I don't I think it's just oh, we don't trust Kirk Cousins. I think that's just what it is, man. Uh, all right, uh, let's before we get over to the next game, let me tell you guys where you can get on all these player props and on betting lines. That's over at Win. Ready to win money and boost your odds. Win bet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on Win Bet. Be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for Win Bet Win Hour each Thursday from five to six p.m. Eastern Time during Win Bet Win Hour. Marquee games of the week will have better odds on win bet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at win bet from boosted same game parlays, live in game odds on every major sport. Win bet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer bet 100 and win 100. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win bet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WYNNBET to claim your free bet today. Offer something to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years older and present in the state where play-through winbet is available. If you're somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game of the afternoon on NFL Week 10, and that's going to be a AFC North matchup. It's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals, who currently sit at 5-4, and four, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are sitting at 3-6. and six. Uh, looking at the lines for this game currently over on win bet, the Cincinnati Bengals are a four point uh, road favorite here. Total is sitting at 41 money line minus 190 for the Cincinnati Bengals and plus 160 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, looking at the injury report, let's start here for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, currently seeing Chris Evans running back questionable for them. He was a limited participant. Uh, Jamar Chase has been ruled out. Uh, I know he wasn't put on the IR, but he wasn't present for practice on Wednesday. Other than that, pretty clean injury report for the Cincinnati Bengals and for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We saw the return of TJ Watt last week, their best defensive player, if not the best defensive player of all of football. A lot of questionable tags uh, for this team. Kevin Dotson, questionable. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick is also questionable. Um, Weatherspoon, cornerback, questionable. Bush, linebacker, questionable. Trent Scott, offensive tackle, questionable. And Marcus Allen, linebacker, uh, questionable. Looking at this division here, Scott, it pretty much looks like it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals You know, fighting for this AFC North division. Currently seeing the Baltimore Ravens are the 6-3 and three record, having a one-game lead over the Cincinnati Bengals here. But let's start with the side here. The Cincinnati Bengals as a four-point road favorite here, Scott, against the Steelers. What are you thinking about this game? By the way, just to quickly backtrack for a second to the Vikings game, I did pull up the DVOA stats. I thought uh-huh. Minnesota was mediocre. Uh, Dallas ranks fourth. Not exactly surprising. Minnesota with one loss, 17th. Hmm. According to DVOA, they are actually just a mediocre football team that's gotten pretty fortunate in a bunch of close games. So, yeah, just going to throw that out there. I knew that they were mediocre. I wanted the exact number. They're 17th. But for this matchup, I like Cincinnati a lot more three and a half where it was basically yesterday. Mm -hmm. But I am going to take I am going to pick Cincinnati in this one. It's a great spot. Anytime you have a division matchup and one team's coming off the bye and the other team is not, I tend to lean to the team with the bye. But Cincinnati also should have beaten Pittsburgh the first time around. It was mm-hmm. the week one game, the crazy one that almost ended in a tie. But yeah. you're looking at the spot where Cincinnati allowed less than 270 total yards of offense. They lost the turnover battle 5 nothing, And they were still an extra point with about no time left away from winning the game. And yet they lost in overtime because the kick got blocked. And then they lost in overtime on a couple of missed field goals there by McPherson. But the point is Cincinnati is the much better team. I know Chase is out, but I don't think it's close. Pittsburgh beat New Orleans last week. I had their fi- I had their defense in fantasy. Congratulations. You beat yeah. Andy Dalton at home. I'm proud of you. But I don't think Pittsburgh's any good. And you go through Pittsburgh's numbers, they have scored more than 20 points in regulation in zero of their games this season. Yeah. Zero. You're right. They can't score. 
So I think Cincinnati, even without Chase, they still have Higgins. They still have Mixon. They have Burrow, who's infinitely better than Kenny Pickett. I think Cincinnati gets revenge here. I'm sure this game might have been circled on the calendar a little bit after week one was really just a loss that should never have happened based on how badly they outplayed Pittsburgh on the stat sheet. Yeah. And it's a division game. You know, they're going to be motivated for it. Pittsburgh's going to be motivated too. I just don't think they're any good. I think Pittsburgh's a really bad football team. Give me to Cincinnati. I think they're the much better team and off a bye. I got to like the scheduling spot. Yeah. Especially with a team coming off of the bye, right? I think that's something that I really do like uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. And like you mentioned, I think, this team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're, if they're going to win games, it's going to be ugly wins, right? Like it's going to be those 20 to 10, 16 to 10 type of games that they've been just, involved just in. Just the under if you want Pittsburgh. That's all. I'm yeah. Um, and I just think that this is going to be a game where Cincinnati, like you mentioned, coming off of the bye, um, it, it, they're going to be, they know they have to win this game to be in contention for that division, right? Because, right, we mentioned it's a pretty much a two horse race between the Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, and they Baltimore don't have won the first head to head meeting. So. Yeah. And they don't have Jamar chase, which is fine, but I think this is going to be a game where we see the other guys, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, they're going to have to be obviously involved without having chase. And this is a Joe Mixon game. I think that Joe Mixon uh, should be able to, you know, despite going up against a pretty good front with TJ Watt being back for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I just think that, this is a good spot here for the Cincinnati Bengals. I agree with you. So um seems a little chalky. At least I'm on the chalkier side this week, at least in these afternoon games here, Scott. Is, uh, is it chalky, though? Because, I mean, fading uh, Pittsburgh and Hines in November, I think people might make a case that this is a decent dog spot. I just disagree. But in division, yeah. division dogs been pretty good this season. Cold weather, yes. people are probably going to like the under anyway. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as popular as you think. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are They're prob- bad, but they won last week. So. Yeah, they're probably going to be the underdog of the week. Uh, well, I think team. it would be Minnesota if that counts. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, Minnesota. I think Minnesota one, and then probably the Steelers number two because we 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 see the stats all over Twitter about Mike Tomlin and how he is as an underdog and and, and things mm-hmm. like that. So I think um, you have an but, argument maybe the Bears, but the Bears have lost every game that Justin Fields has been great in, so yeah. I'd assume it would be the Steelers 2 or 3 if I had to guess. Definitely more. Yeah. Um total, I think we're leaning uh under in this game. Yeah, because I'm going to take an over with the Steelers. Like, no, they can't move the ball. And Cincinnati, <laughs> like no, I'm not taking an over with the Steelers. I mean, I mean, you're looking at how Cincinnati can win this game. If I told you Pittsburgh to scores, I was going to say, you go through the the fluky week one game, I didn't even mention, Pittsburgh got a pick six, which yeah. resulted in seven free points. So offensively in regulation, they scored 13 points against, yeah. against Cincinnati in week one. They can't score. They scored 20 against New Orleans. They had the ball a decent amount. New Orleans, we know, is not very good. I think Cincinnati, with an extra week of prep, I mean, I don't know if you need to prep for one of the worst offenses in the league anyway, but, you know. You know, have have fun with it. Mm-hmm. I'm on the under. Pittsburgh, I think, is going to score like 13 points. And I think yeah. that you're going to end up seeing Cincinnati win this game 2013, something yeah. like that. And I think it's going to be close, maybe a one-possession game there. But it's a rock fight anytime the Steelers are involved. And you know Tomlin in plus territory, fourth and five at the 40. They're punting. They're just punting. They're going to be li- – they're still living back in like 2004. So I'm going with the under. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, any player props we may be looking at in this game? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of what exactly I like here. I'm assuming Higgins is going to play well because he's going to have to. So I'd probably look for the over in Higgins. Yeah. Mixon could play well. Maybe I'd look for touchdown. I'm not sure about the yards. I know Najee Harris had a really good game last week. Do you think that was fluky mm-hmm. or do you think he actually might have found something because he's been terrible for the entire year? I think it's I would go more with the fluky side than actually him having a great game because that Saints defense bad bad right and if I'm trying to look up how he's done against the Bengals in his career has now, that was the story of the Monday night game also against the uh, Ravens where the co- uh, Dennis Allen said in the post game we couldn't stop the run and Baltimore just ran it down their throats the entire second yeah. half so I know the Saints run defense isn't great. Yeah, so uh, Najee Harris, three career games against the Cincinnati Bengals. 
10 attempts. Uh, so the uh, matchup earlier this season, 10 attempts, 23 yards. Last season, two games, eight carries, 23 yards, and then 14 for 40. I'm on the under for his rushing yards. I think it's a good buy low spot. Some people are going to think probably because of their fantasy leagues, Najee Harris, decent buy low spot. No, I don't think so. I think it's actually a very nice uh, in like stock market or in crypto terms, I guess. It's a dead cat bounce where it just goes up briefly just by some type of fluke and then it goes right back down. I don't think Najee Harris is that good right now. And it's not really his fault because the offensive line's terrible. Yeah. But Cincinnati has shut him down repeatedly. And I think this number will be inflated because of what happened last week. Mm-hmm. I also think Pittsburgh's going to be losing. So they might have to abandon the run, but I don't mind fading Najee Harris. Yeah, I wonder. I want to see what Kenny Pickett's uh, interception prop will be. I know it'll probably be like half at my, minus one eighty, maybe. That's why I didn't mention. I'd, pr- I'd probably look at Burrow interception though. I mean, he okay. threw four of them in Week One. You just yeah. need one pass to go badly. I don't mind that prop as well for Burrow. Yeah, let me see how he's done against the Steelers. Give me one second here. Uh, so Joe Burrow has thrown at least one interception in three out of the four games that he has faced the Steelers. I don't know what the odds are going to be. I'll assume it's going to be around minus 110. Maybe even. Yeah, I would think so. I don't know. Mm, Yeah. Uh, And he hasn't had a a great year or sorry, great uh, career passing uh, yards as well. I know week one this year, he had 338. uh, But prior to that, 190, 172 and 213 for Joe Burrow against the Steelers. But I'd look for interception there. I think yeah. he could throw one. Sure. He also got sacked seven times in their first game yeah. uh, this or this season, at least. All right, anything else for this game, Scott, before we get into the Sunday night football game? You mentioned the sacks. I, yeah. I like the over in sacks. I, I'm not sure what TJ Watts odds are going to be. Maybe pivot to another defensive lineman. Uh, if, if Hendrickson's going to play for Cincinnati, I don't mind mm-hmm. him to get a sack. I'm assuming okay. he will play because yeah. they're off the bye. But – very underrated pass rusher. I don't mind him getting after Pickett at least once. All right. Uh, let's get over to the Sunday night football game. It's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs headed to L.A. to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Are the Chargers is- the first team like that I could remember to have back-to-back Sunday night football games? I don't remember ever seeing a team be on Sunday night back-to-back weeks. Yeah, I don't remember that. Maybe the Is that a Bills- thing? I would only think it's not even like, Monday night though. It's back to back Sunday night. Like that's weird. Yeah. The only thing, only two teams that may come to mind is like maybe Kansas city's done it in the Patrick Mahomes era. Patriots. And they won, maybe they won yeah, that was the other team. I was going to say yeah. Brady and the Patriots, but yeah, you often don't see that. Um, yeah. So Kansas city chiefs uh, seven and two on the season so far, the three and one on the road, uh, Los Angeles chargers, like you mentioned last week, were on the uh, primetime game versus the 49ers. They're sitting at five and four with a record of two and two. Um, let's start with the opening line or sorry for the line for this game. And I'm currently seeing over on win bet that the Kansas city chiefs are a around six, five and a half or six goes blank. Um, come on. Uh, let's see here. I think it was six when I saw it. Yeah, I'll just wait. I think it's six in most spots at this point. Yeah, five and a half over on win bet. Um, yeah, six, five and a half, six, but definitely chop around for the best number. Uh, total is sitting at 51 in this game here, Scott. Minus 250 on the money line for the road favorites, Kansas City Chiefs here, and plus 205 for the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, let's start here with the uh road team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, currently seeing Miko Hardman, wide receiver, questionable. He has an abdomen issue. He didn't practice on Thursday. Juju Smith-Schuster is in concussion protocol. He is officially questionable. I don't think he'll be able to go in this game, um, but he didn't practice on Thursday either. Marcus I, I don't Jones, think he's going to play. He was comatose on the field. Like I, I think yeah. he's out for this week. Yeah. I mean, uh, MVS also uh, questionable. He is. Uh, he did practice on Thursday, but he's officially listed with an illness. Um, Jarek McKinnon, running back, dealing with a hamstring slash shoulder issue. He was a limited participant on Wednesday. Other than I that, for, I forgot um, he was still on the team. Yeah, Kansas City um, just throws in a bunch of running backs. I don't know if it really matters. And then for the Chargers here, flip a coin if you think Keenan Allen is going to be playing in this game or not. I think he was a limited participant, though. I'm assuming he will play in this game. Yeah, 
but even I think he was practicing last week too, and he didn't end up playing right. Or yeah, he, he might. It's a big division game. I know. I know that the big news was Mike Williams who returned to practice. So I'm assuming yeah. he'll be active. Yeah, Mike Williams back at practice uh, dealing with an ankle issue, limited participant. Uh, Gerald Everett groin issue logged a limited practice on Wednesday. DeAndre Carter ribs limited. Uh, Christian Covington was put on the IR, and that is pretty much it here, Scott. All right, so. A division matchup here between the Kansas City Chiefs and the LA Chargers with the Charge, sorry, the Chiefs. This is carded minus six here for them on the road here against the Chargers. What are you thinking about this game? Even though the Chargers covered against the Niners, I was not impressed. In fact, the entire second half was what I thought would happen for the entire game. We spent all of last episode talking about how the Chargers are probably the worst five and three team in the league because they haven't beaten anybody. And what do you know? They haven't beaten anybody still because they lost the Niners. They're not very good. And I do think that getting Williams and Allen back are huge additions if they're if they're going to end up playing because Herbert was throwing a nobody. But they're still missing a bunch of guys. Joey Bosa is still hurt. J.C. Jackson still out for the year. Still missing Slater on the offensive line. So they're definitely not a team that I really like that much. Now the first game was competitive. The Chargers probably should have could have potentially won the game, and then they threw that 100-yard pick six, and that basically ended the game. Score was a bit fluky at the end, though, because Herbert had that fourth and goal miracle backdoor cover touchdown pass with like 20 seconds left to make the game close. But I think the Chiefs are the better team. I don't think it's very close. Uh, I do think that even though the Chargers are a team that typically have given the Chiefs some problems in recent years, I really just don't think this team is very good, and I think the Chiefs are really good. It seemed, though, the Chiefs last week had a classic performance from about two years ago where Mm -hmm. they won the game, they could have potentially won by 20, and then the fourth quarter came around and it looked like they didn't care. It seemed like they really just stopped caring about Jacksonville. They let the Jaguars hang around a bit. They were up, what, like 20 in that game, 17 in that game, and it actually became a little bit close in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So that's my only concern Mm -hmm. is if the Chiefs just let the Chargers hang around, but – I think I'm just going to take Kansas City. I think that they're still the much more talented team. I think that Mahomes will play well. Uh, the only concern I guess I have for the Chiefs is with the injuries to Juju and to Hardman. You're looking at Derwin James guarding Kelsey. Yeah. And Derwin James is probably the best defensive player. Or I, I'll rephrase it. He's probably the best matchup against Kelsey compared to anybody else in the league. He does a great job of shutting down Kelsey compared to every other player that's ever had to guard Kelsey. Mm -hmm. That's a bit of my concern Mm -hmm. is if Derwin can really match up well, like he has in the past against Kelsey, but I'm going to, I'm going to pick Kansas city. Great teams find ways to win games and the chargers find ways to lose games, especially with Mahomes being on the other side, you know, Staley is going to go forward on every fourth down. And I'm assuming they might come back to bite them at some point. I'll take the chiefs. Do we see, with the injuries, let's just say if two out of those three guys are not able. We know Juju, I think, for sure, is not going to be playing. Juju's not going to play. I, it would be a miracle if he played. Yeah. I don't think I, he's going. Even if, let's say, MBS or Miko Harbin are out, do we just see the Kansas City Chiefs just come down and running the football here just because the Chargers' run defense has just been so bad this year? Are you making a case for a Pacheco, like, 60-plus alternative yards or something? Because I don't mind it. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I know they came out and said they're going to try to find some more touches, quote-unquote, for CEH, but he hasn't been very heavily involved in the offense for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, look, if they're compromised at that wide receiver position, they probably just want to attack it on the ground here. I know you still have Magician Mahomes back there, um, and they're still able to be able to find ways to throw the ball effectively, but I think this might be a game where we see more of the Chiefs' offense relying on running the football just because the Chargers' rush defense has just been so bad over the course of the season, but in particular over the last couple or last couple weeks um, for this Chargers team. So, I yeah, I think that this is a game for God. Man. I like the under, by the way, for the record. Okay. I know with man. Williams and Keenan being back, it might be tricky, but as you said before. I do think the Chiefs might play a bit more ball control football against this awful ground uh, defense. And also, I don't think the Chiefs' rushing defense is that much better. The Chiefs have decent numbers because they can get thrown on. But if you watch them against decent running backs, Singletary torched them for a half. Jacobs torched them for the entire game, basically. 
I do think there's a path for Eckler to have a very good game. Yeah. So I am going to lean to the under. I think okay. you will see a very classical fourth quarter by the Chiefs, couple seven-minute drives to just drain the entire clock from the other team. I could see yeah. that happening. So I'm going to go with the under. I'm going to go with the contrarian play. This is my contrarian play of the week. I'm just going to go with the Chargers on the spread here. Okay. Um, I, I think – I think path. this – yeah, there's a path for it, right? And again, they got the fortunate cover in the game earlier this season where they only lost, what, by three points in that game. But you could argue it was a trade off because they were about to score a touchdown. They threw sure. a pick six. So they should have yeah. covered anyway. Yeah. So I think there probably are some sixes out there for this Chargers uh, and Chiefs game. Maybe wait closer to game time because maybe the public comes in on the Chiefs just because they see Patrick Mahomes in uh, prime time here. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you would, what, what you just mentioned there is kind of what that tipping scale is for me that getting Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back this week. At least you'll get one. At least one of the two guys is going to be on the field for uh, the patch. Sorry for Justin Herbert to throw to. I know last week against the Niners, it was pretty much Deandre Carter and Josh Palmer and hoping to get something out of Alson Eckler going up against that run defense. But I think that, you know, you mentioned that Kansas City's rush defense has not been very good this season. And I think that getting at least some of those weapons back and Eckler having a better game this week, I think they can keep this game close. I still do think the Chiefs win this game, maybe by like four points, 24-20, something in that range. Um, but I think they do get the cover here, do the Chargers. So how about my, my contrarian play of the week here for this game? Uh, we did discuss some, some player props here, uh, maybe some Austin Eckler or Pancheco props here. Scott, anything else that kind of sticks out to you for player props? Uh, if assuming Mike Williams plays, mm-hmm. are you blindly taking his over because he owns the Chiefs? You pretty much have to at that point, right? I mean, yeah. Just go through the numbers yourself. I mean, he basically walks into 100 yards every time they play. Yeah, let me just – just for reference here, let me just pull it up for our listeners. Uh, so Mike Williams, uh, last game earlier this season, eight receptions, 113 yards. Last season, he had one game where he had three receptions, 49 yards. Okay, but prior to that, seven receptions, 122, six receptions, 108. So, yeah, maybe if you want to go 100 yards, buy it up for Mike Williams or, or definitely take the over on his uh, receiving yards uh, just for longest reception, longest reception, something like that as well. Uh, Anything else, Scott, for this game? No, not really. I do. I do like the under. I think that's probably my favorite play on this game. It's going to seem contrarian because you have Mahomes versus Herbert. That's going to be my contrarian play for this game. I like the under. I think you'll see a lower scoring game, kind of like what we saw in Arrowhead a couple months ago. It makes sense to like prime time, and again, public will public loves betting the over in these prime time games that we've seen throughout the season, where a lot of the games have been going under, especially in prime time. There are and the Chiefs from, might be down a couple receivers. I mean, there's yeah. there's a path there. Yeah, uh, another question from uh, Sharky here: Do you guys think the Chiefs' continued success is a condemnation of Tyreek Hill, or is Miami success proof of his value? It's a little bit of both because the Chiefs can have proven. I mean, we saw with Brady in the past, and yes, I know that Mahomes is more talented than Brady will ever be, just based on overall God-gifted ability. But the point is, we know Brady's thrown touchdown passes to what seven hundred different players. Like Something they, they were that. able to just throw in a bunch of random guys, a bunch of backups, and the quarterback was able to really just elevate everyone else on the team. And I think that's what Mahomes has done. I think Mahomes is that good. You can throw anybody out there. Maybe even one or two of us, and we might be able to catch a touchdown pass. But <laughs> Tyreek Hill is an insane talent. Yeah. And I do think that Hill's absence will be more noticeable in the playoffs. And that's also why I do like the under in this game against mm-hmm. the Chargers. It's because Hill really takes away all of the big playability that the Chiefs have. You look at their scoring drives, they're very, very methodical. A lot of them are 12 plays, 75 yards, takes up a ton of clock. They don't have the same quick strike ability that I think made that offense so great when Hill was there. And I do think at some point in the playoffs, even with cold weather, that might come back to bite them. Because if you need at least nine plays every drive to go 70-plus yards for a touchdown, at some point you'll get a holding penalty, maybe a sack, some type of you know drop pass that might drop you behind in the chains. I think the Chiefs are going to be in a bit of trouble in the playoffs. I think they'll end up, of course, making a deep run because they got Mahomes. But I think you'd agree if you watch this team play, 
it's really a grind for them to score all the time because they generate like six yards of play instead of getting the automatic bailout 75-yard touchdown from Hill that they used to get. Yeah, and I think that's what's uh, we'll, we'll really find out in the playoffs what you mentioned just because – And they can't run the ball in the cold. So yeah, Tyreek Hill has just been like was so good for this team. Where like if they needed a big play, like you even like running a small gadget play, like if you needed to pick up that fourth down to seal the game, they were looking for Tyreek Hill in those type of situations. And we just saw because Buffalo could, in the playoffs. They had the slant yeah. pass for five yards that he took seventy something yards for a touchdown, which gave him the lead temporarily. Then of course Buffalo scored, and you had that whole thirteen second thing. But still, yeah, it's the ability to just hit defenses with a ton of weapons and a ton of unpredictability. And I'm not saying that the Chiefs are going to lose in the playoffs because of it, but I do think their offense is pretty predictable. Mahomes is just so good it doesn't matter. But you watch this team play, it's a lot of underneath stuff, and they Mm. really don't have the same firepower that they had previously based on the ability to score from anywhere on the field. Yeah, I agree. Um I mean, we saw a lot of times where we just we saw Tyreek Hill just bail them out. We saw it in the Super Bowl. We had that miraculous catch uh, where he's able to find space against the San Francisco 49ers. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of respond. Jake pointing out might be uh, Kadarius Tony season for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. He had a pretty good game last week uh, for the Chiefs. It made me laugh so hard, by the way, when he ended up playing after basically sitting the entire season out with the Giants. That kind of made me laugh. Yeah. uh, Last week he had had two carries for 33 yards for the Chiefs, and then he also had – I know he had 57 – yeah, four receptions, 57 yards, and a touchdown uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs offense. So, yeah, maybe they utilize him this week. They have uh, to, right? I mean, Juju's out. Yeah. Juju's out for sure. Then if let's say MVS or what was the other uh Nicole Hardman's not able to yeah. go, then you're gonna really have to utilize. But Tony uh, in college or even with the Giants, he he can line up in the slot. Yeah. I think he's a natural replacement for Juju in this game. I think he might have a big game. Yeah. 90 uh all purpose yards last week for Kandarius Tony. Uh anything else for this game, Scott, before we get into our lock and dog? No, not really. I just think it's gonna be a pretty entertaining game. Yeah. All right, uh, before we get into our lock and dog, the World Cup is starting in just a short amount of time here over this next weekend, and we're hosting a free roll contest for the World Cup. Winner gets $250 in cash and a $200, uh, sorry, $250 gift card to the winner, and you can only enter exclusively on the SGPN app. Make sure to check it all, make sure to check out all the content as well over on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We do also have the World Cup Gambling Podcast hosted by Malcolm and his uh, mate there. So make sure to check out the World Cup Gambling Podcast. And again, get into that uh, World Cup free roll contest. $250 in cash to the winner and $250 gift card to the winner, but exclusively on the SGPN app. And we're also brought to to you by the SGPN merch store. It's holiday season and get your shopping done early uh, over at the SGPN merch store. A lot of nice stuff um, has been put out on that SGP and merch. Shout out to Jake, man. He's just an incredible job with the SGP and merch store. Definitely go in there and check it out. The nice Christmas sweater in there. Um, if you don't want any of the Christmas stuff, there's some great uh, college football uh, team shirts, NFL, NBA, you name it. Just make sure in there and uh, get in there. Check it out over on the SGP and merch store. But the bosses are in a giving mood. They're also giving you off 10% up until Thanksgiving Day by using promo code Dallas Sucks. So make sure to get over to our SGP and merch store by going to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and make sure to use promo code Dallas Sucks for 10% off up until Thanksgiving Day. Whew. All right, uh, Scott, let's close it out strong here, my man. Let's get into our lock and dog for this NFL Week 11 afternoon game schedule. I'll let you lead it off here, buddy. What's your lock and dog for the games? So for my lock, I'm torn between the Bengals and the under in the uh, Sunday Night Football game. I think I'm going to go with the – you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go with the under in that Sunday Night game. I really just think you're going to see a defensive struggle, uh, at least more than what people think. I know it's in a dome and all. 
I'm not sure which receivers are even going to play for either team in the spot, which is a problem. But historically speaking, Derwin's done a very good job on Kelsey. And as I just mentioned before, without Hill on the team, the Chiefs really take a lot of time off the clock in their scoring drives. So I do think you could end up seeing a couple of really long drives. And we know the Chiefs are aggressive on fourth down with Andy Reid. Is it possible you might get a seven-minute drive that results in a fourth-and-one incompletion? At the five-yard line, no, it wouldn't surprise me. I think that's definitely a way that this game could go. But the Chargers' offensive line, not great, especially with Slater being out. I do think the Chiefs' defense is decent enough to give Herbert some problems. But it's mostly just based on the fact that both coaches are overly aggressive, which could come back to bite you. But I think that both teams can run the ball in this game. And I think that you'll end up seeing a lot of running clock because of it. Now, blindly, you're going to see a total that is in the 50s because you have Mahomes versus Herbert. Yeah. I think it's a little bit large, and we saw it even against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's defense stinks, but the Chiefs scored a bunch of points early, then completely drained the entire clock in the fourth quarter. It's what they mm-hmm. do. So I think that you might see this game potentially go over in the first half, but if the Chiefs open up a lead of any kind, they will go on their classic five-minute, 35-yard drive to just drain the entire clock and I'll be on the under for that. So give me the under 51, 51 and a half. And the number's a little bit high. All right. And what do you got for your dog? So for my dog, it's a bit tricky because I really don't like many dogs on the card. Uh, yeah, I mentioned Dallas. I, yeah, I actually don't think I like any dogs on the card. Um, yeah, this is awkward. Uh, let me see what I can actually pull up here. You know what? Pull that up, and then I'll give my lock in the meantime. Well, I was going to say, I don't even I don't even know what player props I have to even use at the moment. So, yeah. you know what? Uh, am I really going to do this? Because I don't have any other uh, options here. <laughs> do I make I was going to go, uh, for my dog, I was going to go alt-line with the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Uh, I see a minus three at plus 110. I mean, it's not the biggest dog in the world. It's a little puppy dog. But I think that there's a world where they do win by – I think more than three points. So I don't know if you want to take it up to a minus six, even I think that's possibly a possibility, but um, I'll give out minus three plus one ten for the Dallas Cowboys this week against the Minnesota Vikings. That's my dog. I don't know if you want to piggyback off of that. Yeah. I'm trying to see if there's any way I can get Cincinnati first half and full game at like uh, potentially plus something. I, I don't know if that actually exists or not. Do you see that available by any chance? Um, you're talking about f- uh, first half and full game? Yeah, for Cincinnati. Mm, let me see here. I know some of these books are really Some books have off. them, some don't, yeah. but it's also Thursday, so I'm not sure what's exactly available. Yeah, let's but. see. All right, so Cincinnati first half and let's see. First half. No, I don't see it yet. Um, let me try another screen here. No, that's all player props. You know what? Okay, I'll call an audible. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a prop here. I'm gonna go back to that Bengals Steelers game. I'm going to go with race to 25 points. Neither at plus mm. 110. I like that. Yeah, that kind of just correlates with my lock because I'm just taking the under this game, the 41. Uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, this, this is going to be a really ugly game. I think that, you know, points will be at a premium. We talked about it. Steelers offense has just not been very good at all this season. Nashi Harris doesn't have much success at all against his Bengals defense as well. Um, they got TJ Watt last week to the Steelers, so I think this is going to be one of those games where we see a 16-10, type of final in this game. I think it's just going to be a really, really ugly classic AFC North uh, battle between these two teams. So for my luck, I'll take the under 41 between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then as my uh, dog, I'll take the uh, Dallas Cowboys minus three at plus 110 as an alternate line. But now, yeah, you're right, Scott. Not a lot of uh, dog love, at least for this afternoon slate um, for NFL Week 11. Um, Sharks mentioning that Bengals halftime full-time is even money. I don't mind it. I think I actually prefer the race to 25 neither. Plus 110, I really like. It's November. It's in Heinz Field. You know that the Bengals can't block anybody. Chase is still out, and Pittsburgh's offense is the lost cause. Plus money at 25. I mean, that's a lot of key numbers there, especially in Pittsburgh during this time during this time of the overall calendar 
I yeah. mean, you're, you mean 24, you're safe, 23, you're safe, 20, you're safe. Pittsburgh's not going to get past 20. No. So I, I'm really worried about Cincinnati only. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go with race at 25, neither. All right, there it is. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of NFL Week 11 afternoon uh, betting preview. Scott, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here, buddy? Uh, no, not really. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Uh, besides that, still doing, of course, the NFL show three times a week, doing the NBA show. I'll be back on that one tomorrow with Terrell. So check yep. me out there, either in podcast form or on YouTube, of course. So, you know, same thing with the NFL podcast. Make sure you jump into the comment section because, yeah. believe it or not, we might ignore them, but we read them. So if you have a yeah. good comment, we'll, uh, we'll, you know, we'll throw it out there. Uh, but either way, uh, definitely fun to break down the NFL, fun to break down the NBA. And tennis. I'll be having a show later on tonight uh, with Stone Lobano. It's over there at ESPN, so it should be fun. Nice. Uh, but either way, uh, a lot of sports going on, a lot of money being made. So let's make it. Yep. We'll be back uh, next week as usual for the NFL Gambling Podcast. Uh, and like Scott mentioned, check us out on the NBA Gambling Podcast uh, as well, Monday through Friday. Uh, usually around the same time uh, or within that 10 to 11 to 12 o'clock Eastern time window, we go live. Uh, and if you haven't already, make sure to follow the NFL gambling podcast account at SGPN NFL and make sure to subscribe to the NFL gambling podcast, YouTube uh, channel. You'll know when we go live and trying to get you through the day as we're trying to do with Jake, uh, Jake, I'll try to get something maybe in the next two hours, but I know CJ is going to be recording his podcast uh, I think in an hour or so. So maybe look out for CJ and bottom line bombs uh, for NFL week 11 as he goes through the contest picks. All right. Good luck with your picks. Let's break these books off and let it ride.